Welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net and Janet Allison of boysalive.com. Oh, dear listeners, we originally recorded this episode about four weeks ago. And my goodness, as we all know, the world has changed significantly since then. At the time of the original recording, my daughter was set to get married and that had got us thinking about parenting adult children. Well, the marriage is postponed and they're okay. They're navigating it. And you may be in the position of having an older child back in your household. I know Jen's son is home from college. And so it's a whole new opportunity to begin to adjust and think about what it is to parent adult children. So we hope you enjoy this episode, given the new world that we are living in now. Parenting at all these different ages and how you never actually stop being a parent, yet your kids need you to be a parent in a different way. So that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, when you are parenting a baby, it is impossible to imagine really who they're going to be when they grow up. And we've all done this, right? We've all looked at our our babies and kind of tried to predict who they are and you don't know, it's hard to tell when all that, that thing, and I say that with great love, all that thing is doing is crying and eating, crying, eating, pooping, repeat over and over and over again. And then they get a little bit bigger and they start showing those sparks of personality. And I don't know about you, but for me, even at that moment, I couldn't predict who they were going to be, but it's so fun as your kids get older to look back and you do see some through threads. You're like, oh yeah, you always were drawn to, or you always like, just this week, my um, 16 year old was getting ready for school and this kid's got some fashion sense. He had planned his outfit and by outfit, it's a typical teenage boy outfit, you know, kind of like skinny sweatpants and a hoodie, but like the perfect pair of shoes to set it off. Mm -hmm. And by shoes, of course, I'm talking about, you know, high-end sneakers that he saved for and bought because Lord knows I'm not going to pay them. But I smiled watching him because out of all my kids, he was the one who actually got interested when he would get clothes. And I told him that for his first birthday, he got clothes. He can't open the packages, of course. We're opening them. But he actually looked at them. And when he got a little older and he'd get clothes, and I'm talking about age three, he'd hold them up to himself. Whereas all of my other kids would just, you know, toss it aside, look for the next thing. Yeah, where's the truck? Give so me something. There's There are these through threads that exist all through our parenting relationship with our children, and yet it changes over time. Mm-hmm. Well, our kids are growing and changing, and we are as parents, and I really want to acknowledge all of those changes and adjustments that we have to make as we are parenting these kiddos and as they as they grow into who they are and the grief that comes with it, the changes, the evolution. So I have two girls and they are in their 30s now. And 
the ways that I've had to step aside, support in a quiet way, the choices that they've made. For instance, my youngest decided to go to France on a six-month exchange in her junior year of high school. What? Wow. So I'm sure part of you was like thrilled. You know, this is a fantastic opportunity for your child. And part of you is like, ah, I'm dying inside and I'm afraid. And yet I'm so in admiration and awe of her desire to go out into the world and do these things. And little did I know that that six month journey was preparing me for her joining the Peace Corps and spending two years in Burkina Faso, West Africa, without electricity, without running water, and without uh, the ability to text me every five minutes to tell me she was okay. So it's this like, how far can the umbilical cord stretch? It stretches really far, I'm happy to say, from this vantage point. And Yet the adjustments that I've had to make in myself and in my relationship with my children, it's been huge. And I started this show with my little wedding song because it's getting bigger now. My my oldest is getting married. She lives on the East Coast. I live on the West Coast. This is not the picture that I had when I was holding that little baby in my arms. Never did I imagine that she would grow up and establish her life on the other coast. And so I can't complain about it. This is her life. I just get to parent in a new way. And it's gut-wrenching at times. You know, looking at it objectively, you know there's so much to celebrate here because we all know intellectually that our role as a parent is to take care of these children keep them safe nurture them so that they can go out and live and function independently in the world you had a daughter at 16 who felt confident and competent enough to go to france for six months and then a few years later she went to africa without electricity yeah great job mom yay and yet, it's and exactly yet. what you said. This whole, you use the phrase, this is not the picture I had. And yeah. so often that gets us in trouble as parents. Sometimes it gets us in trouble because our expectations, whether we acknowledge them or are conscious of them or not, aren't necessarily based in reality. As when we, you know, we expect our teenage boys to be, um, more respectful, reasonable, and uh, competent than they sometimes are. Sometimes it's not that our the picture we have in our head is necessarily unrealistic. It's that we didn't actually take our child into account as our brain was developing this picture. Mm-hmm. Right. All of these thoughts and conversations that have been percolating over the past months and years as as our kids grow really made me think about we as the 
moms as the parents are going through our own aging process. And, you know, I have to laugh because right before we started recording this podcast, I had to peel a layer and women out there, you know, what's going on. It just suddenly got really hot in here. Yep. And, and I laughed at Janet knowing full well that next time it's going to be my turn. So yeah, right with you. That's where we are. We're middle-aged women and we are in various stages of menopause and that's happening. And often it's happening as your kids are going through puberty. So there's like this woo, swirl of the backdrop of all these things that are happening as we age, as our bodies are changing, their bodies are changing too. There's all the celebration and I don't want to minimize that at all. We love seeing our kids grow and mature and become more confident and we can take pride in that. And yet there's also the grief that happens, you know, even when, when our babies wean, there's that moment of like, oh, this is, might be the last time they breastfeed or whatever, all the things that happen along the way, they just get bigger as they grow. And yet- even when they, when they walk independently on yes. a regular basis and they don't need to be carried places anymore. And yes, you're still going to have to pick them up sometimes, you know, a day at the zoo and their little legs are tired of walking, but it's not the same. Yeah. And so there's kind of this underlying grief that I think we don't acknowledge enough. I think we fall in love with our children at each and every stage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I certainly love my children now as teenagers but they are different people than they were when they were babies. And I am never, ever going to get to hold those babies again. Yeah. And, and to your point, this isn't something that we really talk about much in our society. Mm -hmm. And what I've really found too, as I'm aging, cause I'm in my sixties now, is there the voices ahead of me aren't there. You know, we have the voices in of when I'm parenting a baby or a toddler, I can look around and see, oh, there's the people that have the kids in elementary school and I can follow them. And as a 60-year-old woman with 30-year-old kids who are getting married and forming their own families, there's not a lot ahead of me saying, you know what, this is, this is okay. And the reassurance of what is this stage of life? unfolding for me. I mean, I'm pretty conscious and pretty aware and feel like I've pretty much got a handle on what it is to be that 60-year-old person, but still I'm I kind of miss like the people ahead of me. You know, you just underscored our premise. Parenting is important at all ages. Yeah. Because really you miss having a parent, parental figure older somebody in the family who can kind of say, yeah, this is okay. You are right where you need to be. Mm. I was once there. Look at me. I survived. It's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Our need for that kind of guidance doesn't go away. Never. And I will underscore too, is the loss of my parents. So I don't have that reassurance from ahead of me, from my mom, from my dad, right. of like, you're doing fine. It's all good. And so I'm on my own. 
hanging out here on my own, still wanting to parent my girls and celebrating the friendship that we have. And this is the other thing that evolves over time as our kids mature. And you have four boys, so I'm curious about your experience. But with my girls, with my older one, by high school, I felt like we had a we had a bond in a friend sort of way. And interestingly enough, with my younger daughter, the 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 worldwide traveler, I didn't feel that friendship bond until just the last couple of years. It definitely felt like a more mother-child relationship. And it more than just it was more a feeling than anything I could describe to you. Right, right. But I wonder how your experience has been as your boys have grown. As you're talking, I was kind of mentally thinking, like, what is our relationship? And my relationship with my boys has definitely gotten easier and more pleasant as they have matured. Many of you have heard me talk before, and um, one of my all-time most popular blog posts is about how hard these teenage years can be and both for the child and for the parent. And I personally find the ages between like 14 and 17 to be just so trying. So as the kids have gotten older and some of their angst resolves, and I think they feel more comfortable in their body, it's an easier, more comfortable relationship. I think it, for me, it still feels parent-child but also friendly and with a dose of shared adult respect. Yeah. And by that, I mean, I'm starting to get signs from them that they see and respect me as a human being, which despite our best intentions, they're really not capable of when they're 15 and they're so wrapped up in their own thing. They're, you know, they're starting to see me as a separate human being, which is good. And there are things that I totally respect about what they are doing. And I think achieving the whole friend thing might be a little more weird or difficult for me simply because so often with boys, their friendships are based on shared interests. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in most of the stuff they're interested in. I do not want to have conversations about fishing. And I've already had way more than I ever wanted to have. Same thing about snowmobiles and, you know, everything else. Jen, I'm going to interject here because I remember you going down to visit your oldest boy and going to a play together, going to show. And there's that. Not a play together, a play to see him star in a show, which was all kinds of awesome for a mom. Yeah. So there's that. I mean, you find your you find your thing. We find our places of connection, all of them. You know, mm-hmm. I find my places of connection with all of them. My oldest is into theater and music, and so am I. So there's that. Um, we were sending each other YouTube videos of things that we like earlier this week, talking about the concept of uh, music and why does music give you chills and why does some music give some people chills and not others, like that kind of thing. That's cool. And my 19-year-old, you know, he is so, so into fishing, and I'm not. But when he went down to Tennessee with me earlier this year, he took me out on the boat for a day. And it was wonderful because I got to see him do his thing. And frankly, I got to do mine. I read a book while he was fishing, and we got to be together in a peaceful, quiet, 
Yeah. Quiet moment. In a friendly friendship way. Yeah. 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 So you're right. It is interesting yeah. how that shifts. I'm thinking as we're talking about this, it's, you know, some of our listeners have kids who are seniors in high school and there's that place of all the last, all the first lasts that happen in the senior year, the last. How was that for you when your girls were going through high school? How was that for you? I think that the anticipation, like just imagining, oh my gosh, she's going out into the world, she's going to school, you know, and, and that's that grieving place that I talk about. It's like that well inside of me that I knew that it was not a place to share with my child, like, because you're so busy celebrating their accomplishments and they're moving forward into their life. And that's where you should be. And yet there's that place in your heart, which you share with your partner, which you share with your girlfriends of like, oh, my baby. It's just this contrast, this juxtaposition of these feelings that we have of, yay, they're not staying home on the couch. Yay, she's going off to Africa. And oh my gosh, my heart is breaking here because I just love her so much. I will miss them. And so there's that place. And then it's the celebrations as they move on, as you go and visit their dorm room, which they have set up to be totally them without your influence. Or when they have their first apartment and you go and you are more on the sidelines. And this is what I'm really experiencing now is I'm on the sidelines. My opinions don't really count so much because they got their own way of doing things and they've set up their house their own way. And so it's, it's this place of being on the sidelines and supporting and loving and celebrating and recognizing they don't really need me to chime in on a whole lot of things. One of the things I found interesting as uh, my kids were their senior year and graduating, there's a wide range of experiences and they're all okay. So there's everything from what you describe to people who are jumping up and down and cheering. And that's fine. Whatever you are feeling is fine. And I have to say, I was... With my oldest, it seemed to be a very gradual transition. My oldest has always been highly independent. So from the time he was 11, he was handling a lot of his time independently. He was doing a lot of things independently. He wasn't home a lot. He could get himself to things. And then that gradually increased, you know, as he got his driver's license, as he became involved in more activities. So by the time he finally left home, it was like, well, you're never here anyway. And, and I don't mean that I didn't love him, but it seemed yeah. like such a natural and gradual evolution. Mm -hmm. And it's probably worth noting that when he left, I still had three kids at home. I mean, right. I really, I don't have time to grieve anything. I'm not done with anything here yet. Right. Yeah. When my second was graduating high school, uh, I expected it to be very much the same way because he did a lot of independent things as well, gradually increasing independence. I was surprised that I felt more emotional about him graduating high school and I really didn't know why. And maybe it's because now my empty nest is a little bit closer. Yeah. I still got two kids to go, but maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe it's the realization that, oh, 
Now two are gone. This is this steady push forward of time. I can't stop. And mm -hmm. this is where we're headed. Yeah. You know, that really highlights the importance of staying connected to your own self mm -hmm. and to what you love to do. You know, it might be a hobby or it might be, I love to have a glass of wine and read a book or whatever it might be. It's easy to lose sight of that when we're so busy and we're driving everywhere and there's sports and there's kids and diapers and all the things. But somewhere keeping connected to what you loved before you had kids is or something you developed a love of while you had kids but maybe you haven't really had that much time to dig into it because hello kids yes that is going to serve you really well when the house is empty when you're saying goodbye to that last child and you look around and go whoa what am i doing who am i and I just happened to also get divorced at the time that my kids were leaving home. So then it was really like, whoa, here's me. And what do I want? And what do I, how do I want the rest of my life to be? I'm thrilled to say I've been a rock star, I'd say, in all of it. And, and really have made a life that I never imagined I would have post kids being at home, post Marriage. So what were some of those interests and threads that you brought through from pre-kids and that you nurture and are part of what's making your life whole and happy right now? Part of it is art. Anything with fabric and painting and just having that always as a place and usually outside. I love to go outside and paint somewhere. Preferably I didn't even know that. Yeah. And uh, camping, still being in nature, still really important to me. I've discovered stand-up paddleboard. So that's my summertime love. And uh, pickleball is my current obsession. You know, just being an entrepreneur, I started out as a teacher. I never imagined I would have a business. And up until two years ago, never imagined I would be a podcast co-host, Jen. Um, so who, you know, who can imagine? And I think it's too really important for our kids to see us doing things that we love as adults, not just all the things we do that we love, but is in service to our children and our families. Even when they are objecting to it, I am getting ready to go on vacation with my husband soon, just me and my husband. And yeah, my kids give us a hard time about that. Oh, sure. You go on vacation and you don't take us. All right. Well, first of all, um, it's expensive and we don't have enough to take all of you. And I had to wait until I was in my 40s to scuba dive. I don't feel obligated to do it with you right now. If I had all the money in the world, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But despite their objections, I think it's number one, good for us because it keeps our relationship strong. It nurtures those parts of us that aren't just taking care of our families. Mm -hmm. You know, we spend a lot of time on our children. He's got an aging father. I've got aging parents. Yeah. And I think it's really good for my kids, even if they don't know it yet and can't acknowledge it, to realize that I have learned new skills in my 40s 
and beyond. And I am stretching my boundaries and I am exploring new things. And at some point, I'm convinced they're going to recognize that that's pretty cool. That you're a lifelong learner too. Yes. Yes. And you know, you know, we homeschooled all those years ago and really that's what it's all about. It's continuing to grow, continue to learn, continue to explore. And, you know, when you are parenting and you see your kid transitioning into the next stage, sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's only obvious in hindsight that you've even entered this new stage. If you can reach for that attitude of continual learning and curiosity. I know for me, one of the reasons why these transitions to new stages are challenging is because whatever stage we were in, I swear to God, Janet, I finally have figured out how to deal with a toddler. Oh yeah. Right. (laughs) Finally figured out I've got this down. And then this kid goes into a whole new stage and suddenly everything I was doing doesn't seem to work anymore. Mm -hmm. They're in a new place. I need to learn new things. Yeah. And that's the same for where you're at in life right now. Yep, absolutely. Learning new new ways of being. It all comes down to love in the end. You know, we just love our kids so much and we want the best for them. And meanwhile, we have to nurture that part of us, that little crack in our hearts that they're far away. They're doing things without us. And that's okay. It's how it's supposed to be. And appreciate the ways that that love lives on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's hard to explain to somebody else the way your whole body and spirit just swells, right? When you get, say, a thoughtful text from your daughter Mm -hmm. or one of your children calls up to discuss something with you. Or even the fact that your kid calls from college and you realize after you get off the phone that I think he just wanted to talk to me. Uh, Right? Yeah. There are these moments. So if your kids aren't that old yet, the idea of them getting older, leaving, not needing you sometimes, it can, you can focus in on the sadness, but there is such beauty in this stage too. Like all parts of life, there's hard parts and there's beautiful parts. And I know it helps me to take a look and try and focus on and remember what are some of these beautiful parts? Yeah. The beauty and acknowledging the sadness. And that's when you go have coffee with your girlfriends and talk about it. Or you have a podcast episode with your co-host. Oh yeah, that works. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned. Lots of, lots of exciting things coming up for on boys, for Jen, for me. And we hope that we've offered you a little comfort and acknowledgement in all of the phases of parenting, all the celebration and everything that goes with it. You know, they say contrast makes the happiness happier, the sadness sadder, but that contrast is a beautiful place to live in. I would love to hear your stories of transitions. What parts of your child's growth has been difficult for you and how have you coped with it? Go to our website on-boys-podcast.com and leave us a comment and we may share your stories in an upcoming episode. Thanks for joining us. We are Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison, and we are here to support you 
in parenting and teaching tomorrow's men.